Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. My man, Tristan. It's Tristan, right? Yep, ready to go. Tristan. Is it Weingart? Is that how you say the last name? Weingart? Winger. Winger. Okay, yep. fantastic. Well, first yeah, and bet. foremost, I simply want to hear a little bit about you and your story and where you're at in your journey of kind of video production, your company, you know, initially where some of the struggles may be, and then we'll just start, start digging in from there. Yeah, so basically, I'm... Um, give or take two years deep into uh, actually having my company and actually uh, pushing it as something I want to do. Mm -hmm. And the first year was mostly, I did a couple of photo shoots for some family. Um, I did a lot of snowboarding videos. That's what really got me into this. Mm -hmm. Like when I was 15, 16, bought a GoPro. Okay. Um, made edits of me and my friends snowboarding. Had a couple of people say like, well, I got a lot of comments on it. Lots of people liked it. So they're okay, this is cool. And then, I went on a traveling trip with like a travel group actually across Western Canada and there was a videographer on the trip that was videoing the trip for them to use it as advertisement. Mm, and I was okay. like, there's no way this is your full-time job. And he's like, yeah, man. And he's like, it's, it's tough, but he's like, I, I like it. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. So like 18 year old me, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But just graduating, had no clue what I wanted to do. I got lucky, hopped on a farm. So I've been doing that for the last four and a half years. And, and when you say got lucky and hopped on a farm, are you come from a farming background family or are you just got a job at a farm? <laughs> well, yes and no. My dad, he runs a welding company and my mom actually worked at the school I went to. So she was a secretary and okay. I, we, we've had wild boar growing up. I lived in, in town till I was seven. Then we moved on to the farm. So I've got a, the farming background, hay, animal stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it just happened that uh, a dad's, my dad's friend who works for a chemical company who knows this farmer was looking for help for harvest and they just liked my work ethic and were like, hey, you want to stick on full time? And so I did that, been working my butt off, been saving a little bit. So now I've invested like, I think close to 10 grand into my video, sure. multimedia, stuff like that. Sure. And uh, yeah, so this year is the year it's really kind of blown up in over the winter. I was the video guy for an SJHL team. Okay. Um, awesome. I did that hundred percent volunteer, just kind of practice my photography skills, practice my videography skills and show that. And actually the Saskatchewan junior hockey league um, got quite a bit of attention from that. So I'm really hoping that this season they hire me on to do that. Okay. And then uh, I did oh, a wedding. Yeah, so I did a wedding for free in December. 
and I got a lot of a lot of comments on that, and I've booked um, five from that. I just finished filming one on Saturday. And out of curiosity, real quick, I'm just going to probe a few times here while you're talking. How, how much yep. of those five weddings that you booked? Um, I booked them for eight hundred dollars. Perfect. No, no shame. I, I just we'll just keep talking through things because I mean I yep. booked the first year of like almost twenty weddings between five to eight hundred dollars. So yeah, good. Yeah, no. Yeah, and then I've already uh, I've got some inquiries for um, next year, mm-hmm. and I've bumped it up to a thousand. Like I, I did audio for this last wedding, which I obviously think um, ups my cost because I bring something more to the table. Sure. And then, um, so yeah, I've got those five weddings, and then I got my foot in the door with a realty agent, and she had me come and do a house for free and do that video and then i'm doing four more for her i had a meeting with um, a brokerage here in a town about half an hour away from me and then i had um, another phone call from another brokerage owner about an hour away from me that wants me to come and do a presentation for his brokerage as well so yeah this summer's been uh, awesome i told my boss on the farm like hey i want to do this full time and they're like full time this summer like i'll be back in harvest because they need me but um, he's a hundred percent supportive of it. So I'm super lucky. It's ridiculous. So you're saying you've told your, your boss that you want to do filmmaking full time. Like that's what you want to do. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I've told, I told him I've got like a five year timeline cause working on the farm, I was making decent money. I bought a super nice truck. I bought a sled. <laughs> I put myself in some debt. So before I can, uh, really jump off the cliff and build my video wings. I got to get myself out of debt and because I can live off 800 bucks a month. That doesn't bother me. I just got to get rid of this debt first. How old are you? I'm 23. 23. Okay. Okay. Um, so, all right. There's some good stuff there. Digging in here. Cause it's interesting that you've created a five-year plan. Cause I'm going to bring up for one second here a little bit. I don't know if you even read it. I think you probably got the document, but on takemia.com is what I sent you to. You took an assessment. I'm going to go over that for one second, just a little bit of it. When people get the results, um, you know, there's a, there's this disc graph and it has a, a D an I an S and a C it has the red, yellow, green, and blue. And, mm-hmm. um, basically on your adapted style, you're all yellow. So you're a lot like me. You're outgoing. You talk to people, you're friendly, you know, you're good at communication, these kind of things. Probably, you know, that's why you like to be out, you know, you're, I'm sure, assuming it sounds like you're outside probably regularly on the farm doing things. You're not sitting behind a computer like nonstop all day. Except yeah, it gets tough. Projects. Yeah, I got I got five five projects to do this week. I got uh, I got a promo video. I got a wedding video. I've got a um, kind of like a introduction video for the College of University actually in Saskatchewan for their fall program, and then I've got two grad shoots to edit. So I pumped out like fourteen hours yesterday, two and a half projects, and then uh, yeah, I got ready for this this morning. Do you? You put on a scale of one to ten, and you love editing an eight. Do you love editing? Like you really, if you, if if somebody else could, if the same video you output yourself could be outputted by someone else, would that disappoint you? Would you be like, oh man, I really love those fourteen-hour days behind the computer editing these projects? Or, and there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. Well, that's I I really like the story. I like to build the story in the video like I like to like now that I'm really starting to 
read into this, learn into this and teach myself. Like I'm, I'm a storyteller. I know sure. that I, I can blab and blab and blab. Like my girlfriend's family, when they met me, they called me a reincarnation of their grandfather. Cause that's all he could do is talk. <laughs> so, when I, when I can get over my little uh, nervous hump, I, I, yeah, I can talk and talk. Sure. So, so I, I actually, the last person I was just talking to, we were talking about this and you know, one thing I brought up on this call, which I haven't said a lot in other scenarios, but we were talking about, you know, if it was dark outside all the time and you've never once experienced light, you wouldn't miss light because you don't even know that light exists because you're sitting right. here. All you've known is darkness. There's no knowing that light even exists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, especially the younger and younger and younger one is, there's lots of things that that's happening with where you don't know light exists. So you assume that there's only one way to potentially do something. And so I was bringing up because again, I, I, I'm never here to tell someone to do or not do a specific thing. I don't care if you only want to edit, if you only want to shoot, if you want to do both, if you don't want to do either and you just want to sell jobs. Like, I don't really care one way or another what one wants to do. That doesn't, that doesn't matter to me. I don't have ego where it's like, well, I really want this guy to do it the way I'm telling him to do it. Like, and that stuff happens. So the thing is, I want to create the ideals where you understand there's light and there's dark, and then you make a decision whether you want to experience both or you want to stay in the light or you want to stay in the dark. And again, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a metaphor, but the last guy said the same thing. He's like, you know, well, um, you know, I, do you find yourself, well, let me ask you this first. Do you find yourself procrastinating at all on editing by chance? Like, do you, do you push yourself in other areas before you sit down and you just plunker down and and get the edits done? Not in different areas, but on different projects. Like right now, I just want to sit down and get into this wedding, but I've got, I've got a promo video and this college video ahead of that. that, So do you feel that you're more excited to edit the wedding than you are the other two videos? Definitely. And this last, last two weeks, I've actually gone like since since your jump starts of like getting clarity, I'm like just sitting down and like, hey, I really enjoy this. I don't like that as much, but sure. I'm still building my business, so I can't I can't say no to everybody right now because no, I, I I want to fill up my summer. Yeah, and uh, and that's a yeah, great that's move. definitely definitely what I want to do is I I really like weddings. I really like capturing people's moments for them and producing that like tear jerking yeah um, video for them. Like the brides just go, oh my god, and stuff like that. That's perfect. And so, yeah, and I, I, you know, that's the thing. I, and I would, everything's contextual to the individual as to whether or not when you should say yes, when you should say no, and when you say yes, what should you do and all those kind of things. But what I described out to him is this idea that, you know, this one guy I know, he loves storytelling. And I'm from the small about you said, um, probably loves it as much or more than you love it. Like he loves the storytelling aspect and really making sure that when he films the footage, gets the interviews, like he does a lot of schools and nonprofits, that these stories get told in a specific way. Like he really has a particular way that he likes to, to tell the story, to get the edit done. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I was telling him, if there's 30 hours of editing to be spent to get that video to what would be a final product that he's proud of, if he, now granted his blessing and curse is that he's never learned the editing software. So there's not this like, I'm able to do it, you know, type of thing. It's like, he pretty much can't do it because he, he'd never get it done because it would take him, if a normal guy good takes 30 hours, it's going to take him 60 hours, you know, <laughs> no matter how fast that he wants to be or whatever, because he doesn't know the program, whatever. So 
he has, you know, an editor always. And um, if there's 30 hours, he's involved for a couple hours. You know, he's given that vision. He's creating the, the, how he wants it to look. And he knows specific sound bites that he wants in there. And he's really kind of, he honestly, if you're an editor who doesn't like any direction, he would not be the kind of person you'd want to work with because he gives a lot of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that guy goes and spends the 28 other hours, 30 hours of all the editing. And then, and then my buddy Ryan can chime in here and there, get little updates, guide a little bit, tweak that soundbite until he gets it the way he wants. But then he's out shooting. Well, he doesn't still shoots a little bit, but he always has a shooter as well. But his main thing is almost more the directing on the projects. You know, the ability to um, see the vision, create the vision. He does a lot of the interviews. He's selling the jobs. He's negotiating. He's doing those things. And, um, and, and that's his sweet spot. So I'm just creating that as, as, as a scenario. It's not that, again, I don't want to tell, if somebody really loves to edit, I edit. Like that's mm-hmm. never, again, like I said, my mission. But sometimes we think, well, I have to edit or there's no budget in the money. Like I, there, how do I get it done with anybody else? Because I'm getting $800. And there is some of that aspect. But what I'm finding, even like within Full-Time Filmmaker, I have a guy right now. He was hungry. Like the passion in this guy for going, I just want to edit. I just want to edit. But nobody will give me any footage. I can't get any footage from anybody. I'll do it for free. I'll do this. But nobody would send him footage. You know, and so I gave him a project. But I was, I was doing some coaching. And he's like, yeah, man, nobody's getting back to me. Nobody's sending me anything. It even took me three weeks. And when I finally sent him the footage, he goes, oh, man, of course. Now when you give me this, five other people gave me things at the same time. So then he had all this stuff. And, like, when it rains, it pours. But, like, his passion for editing. Yeah, so he should have just turned that into fuel of the fire. And, like, I got five things. Let's go, Oh, he was pumped. Yeah, oh, he was pumped. He was rolling through it 100%. So, but what I'm saying there is that there are people right now who have a fire and passion for things that others don't that even though you got $800, he'd be floored if you gave him $100 to do that. Now, should it be valued at $500 or $600? Sure, but it's just like you. You're starting mm-hmm. out and something you get $800 for that maybe in two years you'll get $5,000 for, you're at a phase. So I think there's collaboration there sometimes and experimentation to see, could I groom somebody up where we both grow together? So I'm getting $800. He gets $100, $150 or something. But then now I get $1,600 and he gets $250. You know, when we grow together, um, I think that there's that stuff available. There's just sometimes it's finding that and pulling those types of people out. But, you know, there is that ability to end up with the same level of storytelling and things that are available. Like think of directors or writers for movies. I mean, they're involved for sure at times on the editing process, but they don't sit for 300 hours behind the editing deck editing. And just based on what I'm seeing from you, you want to tell that phenomenal story. But if you could, if you knew there was light, like the guy said to me, he goes, you describing that to me is like a fairy tale land. Like, I don't even know how that exists. Um, The idea that I could have an amazing edit that I'm proud of from what I shot and I overall don't even sit in the editing bay. You know, I'm not spending the 30 hours editing. It is possible. Um, and just seeing the way you seem to be wired, I just got to imagine that editing for you is, is something because you're driven, like your D on your adapted is like, you're a pile driver, man. You got the NASCAR engine, you know, you're not a four cylinder. And so you're able to move. So you'll, you'll do it because you've got to do it by necessity. 
but I, I tell me if I'm wrong on this, but if you had that dream, you know, like if that scenario could magic wand and there's an editor who rocks it out, would that be something that you'd be super disappointed because you don't get to sit and do it yourself? Or would you, what do you think? Maybe on some projects. Okay. So it's, I've heard that from some people. I, I've definitely would be open to that. Like I know I've been trying that with my girlfriend with photos. So I've been trying to have okay. her either take the photos or edit the photos. Cause I eventually want her to do that part. Cause I don't want to do pictures. People I was are asking about to ask pictures. you that too as well. I don't want to do pictures. Yeah. But another thing I do really love and which kind of got me started is I love scenery. I love outdoor photography without people. Mm. So like I, I, I like to uh, produce prints and stuff like that. So that's, that's more of a hobby and enjoyment thing. And then the video production is something I want to do to produce funds to so it's, be a living. It's fascinating because cause it sounds like that's – because I have different friends who are kind of that way where it's like <clears throat> they're not I just want to edit type of people, but there's definitely – they like to be uh, – that's called selective editors. You know, yeah. there's the projects that they're like, yeah, I want to sink my teeth into that. And I just want to get it. I want to get dirty. I want to do it myself. And then there's other things that need to get done that I do. I actually like doing the project, but I don't necessarily like doing the editing. And so, yeah, if I, if I had a person that I was in contact with and growing with, like if I, I like I've never really thought of sure. reaching out to another random person like that. It's like you said, growing, and having like, Hey, I got this project. Like, I don't have as much time. Like you, do you have time? If like, how, what would your yeah. rates be like stuff? I've never thought of that to be honest. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just planting the seed. That's why, you know, I, I don't want to push you to be like, dude, you shouldn't be editing, man. That's the wrong thing. Yeah. That's not the case. Cause I, 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 but I, my goal is to massage someone's life and business to where there's the least amount of procrastination. There's the least amount of resistance. You're in the zone as much as possible. And the more you have projects where you're in the zone and you flow on, and then you have these projects that you, 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 it's like pulling teeth to get it done. And then you end up missing deadlines and things because, I mean, you probably won't. Again, you're very like, I'm on a pile drive through it regardless. But others I talk to, you know, they're missing deadlines because they procrastinate and they, they focus on other things that are, in their eyes, a higher priority. So it's just having that as something to think about. And that's the other thing I was going to say. I'm going to pull up your, your site here again because I was going to ask you that. You know, at the type of your site, it's home, photography, video, video gallery, and then, you know, you're uh, about contact. And, mm -hmm. you know, the thing I was going to get sports and events and lifestyle, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, again, there's kind of passion and hobby and, and, and just for fun. And then there's professional. And it's not that we shouldn't, like my one buddy he's big into drag racing and cars, but he's the guy that does a lot of schools and nonprofits. And the way his, his, his some of his branding and, and some of the stuff on his site, he goes to the drag strip with his dad. He's made some little pseudo mini documentaries on that. So he shares that part of him as a, here's, here's, here's my passion. Here's some love on the side. Like it's not necessarily you're hiring me for this, but the jobs he gets in the schools and nonprofits, they talk about that. Oh my God, I watched that video with your dad, da, 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 da. I mean, it's still a video as well, uh, but now he's able to actually get some projects within the car industry and, right. and it's attracted that. So there's a blend in a time and a place to, to share our kind of passion things. Um, we just almost have to 
to watch it because I'm a, a believer of not showing things though that we don't want to really do professionally or regularly. Like don't show work that you did that you're like, I hope I don't have to really do a project like this again. And I understand that it's like, that's where you're saying the yes and no stuff. Like, what do I, um, I got to take work on now. Like, I got to say, yes, I'm at that phase. That is true. But also like the person I was just talking to, I, I probably going to have to, as I'm recording these, I'm thinking, okay, people are going to be listed in the podcast. Who is he talking <laughs> to? But, um, cause I'm recording these sometimes back to back, but you know, his thing was, is he, and you've heard me probably say this, I think, but I've talked about the subway, like the order taker type of thing. Mm -hmm. That's, I've actually, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, please. Say what you're going to say. Uh, that's, that's what I've really implemented in um, my, uh, when people come fishing for wedding referrals. Yes. I, the, the last three that have talked to me since I listened to that jump start, I've said like, um, I don't have my phone with me, but yeah, an example, um, I met up with a photographer on, uh, on last Saturday with my wedding and she actually, it's a, it's a sister pair that do it. One is 27, one's 23. They both got engaged earlier this year. So they were talking about it with me there and stuff like that. And so I just told them, I gave them my card and the next morning, the one she messaged me, like just asking me. She does, she doesn't know a day. They just want to find some rates and packages and stuff like that. And I said, uh, I said, since you're local, like they're, they're only 45 minutes from me. I said, I really like to get to know my couples a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, when you guys have uh, a day and a bit of a better plan for, for timing, I said, we can get together for, uh, I said, if you guys want to get together for coffee, I can come to Birch Hills. Or if you guys want to um, have mm -hmm. a phone call with you and your fiance, and I was super nervous because I don't like beating around the bush. Like when people say, Hey, what's your budget? I just want to go roll over and be like, okay, here it is. Do you pick? And yep. uh, so that's something I've uh, really, really tried lately. And she was all for it. She was like, okay, yeah, great. That sounds awesome. Like, well, we'll talk to you soon. And it's funny because I have a wedding with her again in a month. So oh, I'll okay. see you then. That's but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's exactly what came into my head. Like, don't be the subway guy. Don't be the subway guy. Yeah, because there's, well, there's that level of, you know, I see people with portfolios and things on their site and it, 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 it's, they're in that stage of experimentation and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the filter at which the experimentation needs to happen as well is if this random person contacts me about some random type of project and I take it on. I got to think through the whole time I'm doing that. Did, did, I, did I like that project? Was that fun? Did I get to, am I proud of the final product? Because what happens is, is if we put just because we did it and we didn't like it, we didn't like what it came out to, there's a fine line there. Or you're like, I don't ever want to do a project like that again. But you're like, I don't have much. So you're throwing that on your website and people see that and then go, hey, I saw what you did for such and such. And then you're like, here we go again. And then you do the same thing. And before you know it, years pass and you've built this business with a bunch of clients and projects that you're not pumped about because it started off with something small that you did that you didn't really want to do, but you did it anyways. And you took the orders and then somebody saw it and you're like, okay. And before you know it, you got all these clients that you just do all this work. You're not excited about. So the goal is to, you know, create that vision for people of kind of what's possible. And again, there's nuance to this because you know, what you do with a couple is different than what you do with a realtor, which is different than what you do with a small business or restaurant, right? Because the couple 
does not really, there's no business side that you're bringing to a couple. You're not talking about how they can use it on social media, how they can use it on their website or email marketing or any of those things. It's completely irrelevant to them. All they want is a great video documentation of their day that's emotional and powerful and pulls at the heartstrings and all that. But you don't have to get into or learn marketing for them to help them. They're not growing a business, right? They just, and, and at the end of the day, they might want to, of course, share it with their friends and all that. But at the end of the day, it's for them to be able to remember that day. And so right. that's where it's not like, like life's not black and white in these conversations you're having. So, but a great conversation with the couple is, you know, the difference between, hi, I'm, you know, uh, video guy, here's my packages, here's my menu, do you want, you know, what do you need? You, you need three hours, six hours, eight hours, 12 hours, you know, one camera, three camera, you know, when you do that, they don't really know what they want. And I see a lot of times with the creatives is that they let them book this, let's say they have three packages, thousand, two, and three. And then what happens, you book, they book the thousand with this, you know, not as many hours, not this and that. And then you're at the day and you show up an hour before their ceremony, before you know it, you're like, wow, we haven't even got to the reception and their hours are up. So now what do I do? do? Do I stay longer? Do I ask them for money? Like, what do I do? And what I find is, is that that is the worst place to come up to people per se and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. just want to let you know, you picked the wrong package and your hours are up. So you either get moving here or pay me more money. And even though you may be right, they, they booked, a, you, you allowed them to book a package that didn't end up having enough hours for one reason or another. And, and now you're in the right to say, hey, the package you booked, the hours are up. But there is no customer service. There's no customer service. They're not going to remember that. They're going to think you're an ass. And that's, you know, that's what happens. And then that's the word of mouth that happened at our reception. It wasn't the photographer videographer. It was the venue for the reception hall. They were charging like by tables and chairs and different things. And so we realized we were short some stuff we need like five or 10 more chairs. The lady had a conniption fit that I was trying to screw her over and that, you know, I knew about this and, you know, now I'm trying to just weasel them in without having to pay money. And I'm thinking, lady, wow. like this is ridiculous. And this is now the story that I am telling you and telling the public. I'm not telling them that, yeah, it was actually a beautiful place. The reception worked out great. Everything was amazing and we loved it. I'm saying that we had this nasty woman that the way she dealt with it was not good. So that's not good for business and referrals. And so I just think that that's where we have to become that expert. And we have to realize, and part of this is like you either glean it from other people or you've of course experienced it yourself, but you're able to go, look, you know, from the weddings I've done, you know, a lot of times, you know, and this is what I got, got to, which was, um, you know, hours are great, but at the end of the day, I want to make you the best video possible. And I don't want you to have to worry about me. I don't want you to have to think about, I've seen photographers and this is usually what I do. I fortunately blame photographers sometimes. I say not all, but I'm usually with a photographer where they come up and video guys do this too, but they come up to you at the reception and they say, hey, your time's up and I go through that process. And so I said, I don't want to be that guy. I want you to have the best day possible. I want to be helpful. I don't want you to have stress. You have enough stress. That's what people are buying sometimes. They're buying trust. They're buying fun, enjoyment. They're buying removing of stress. Like you're, you're selling them a video, but these intangibles are things and feelings that they want to have that are very important. And when you can, they can talk to you and think, wow, Tristan's going to, you know, remove all these things from me. Like that sounds great. Versus the other person, they're like, I don't know what package. I don't even know what that means. What, what is a gimbal really? And they start, you know, you get into all that stuff and they don't know what to pick because from peer to peer, you know what's going on. 
But when it mm -hmm. comes to the individual, this is, might be the first time they've ever looked in the video in their whole life. And so when they're thrown at all these different things versus you saw this video, you loved it, I'm going to come rock that out for you. And now you can, you can potentially, I mean, you can get into packages. Um, I found that my best years, I actually didn't have packages. Um, I think there's some a la carte things that can be done, but I liked what I came to find from my personal experience only is that I had the DNA of, I only can do the best work. So when somebody's booking a cheap package, like I still want to show up and be those extra hours. I want to show up for the, 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 the getting ready. I want to do these certain things and you know, I'm just doing it. They didn't theoretically pay for it, but it wasn't in my DNA to be like, okay, I'll only bring one camera and I'll only show up for the three hours because that's what they paid for. And the second thing that happened is couples going, you know, that didn't care that much about it. And then I'm like, you know, say I had a thousand, two and three. So somebody books, I allowed them to book and they booked the thousand. Then somebody comes along a month later who's like on cloud nine, super pumped, super fan, loves what you do. And they'll pay 3000. They'll pay more if they could. And you're like, I'm already booked. Now, of course, you could have two super fans and you're already booked anyways. But the, the bigger thing is, is like, you got one person you allowed to book you, the cheap thing, who doesn't even value it and, and really is not that excited about it. I just wanted to make sure that if I was booked, I was booked by somebody who, I'm a, they're going to value me doing my best work and they're excited about it. That really became my, my staple. I, it was so disheartening to have a super person come who is excited and me already booked some cheap thing that, you know, the people didn't seem to be that excited about it, you know? And so that became like my, my guiding North star. It's just like the, the level of excitement and we can connect and me just mm -hmm. showing up and doing my thing. Um, and and yeah, that, that was a sense. powerful thing, you know, to be able to do. Yeah. I like so that. let me ask you this though. Um, so that's that kind of tangent around you. You know, you've got the different things on there and then you answered my question, which was, I don't really want to do photography. Like, you, do you see photography though is it at all overall professional or really just you, you like doing it here and there on the side? Of, of people, not really. Like, I don't, I, even with like this college video shoot, I don't like, um, in a sense, directing. Mm -hmm. Like with, with the wedding, I liked telling the photographer to help me like flick up her veil for some stuff or like telling them, okay, you're going to hold this hand twirl like that, like a couple sure. of uh, motion shots. But like, I don't, I don't like arranging a family for, for pictures in front of the house. And like you stand there and okay, your hand in this pocket, like that stuff makes me go. Uh, uh, uh. And tell me and, this, you go, uh, uh, but do you have any desire to get better at that? Or do you just prefer the other thing? I, my desire to get better at it is because I feel like I have to. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, so perfect. So what I found through the years, and this is back to some of the subway stuff and, and some of that, but, you know, because you have a camera, it can take photos and video because you have a computer that you more than likely have a software that also obviously edits photos, edit video. You have a multifaceted ability to do a lot of different things. And when people think video is video is video, of course, that's a lie as well, because it's not because, you know, uh, as we're identifying right now, there's projects you're getting that you like to edit and you like to shoot. And there's probably other ones you're getting that you probably don't even really like to shoot or edit. And, but it's still video, right? It's still a video project or it even might be photography. And so um, what happened to me is I started to get a lot of projects where people go, well, you're the creative one. 
and they'll give me this blank slate and they wanted me like music videos were the epitome of this for me. And I, I never got too deep into it. It was hard to make money in it overall, but people wanted me to hear their song. And then with a blank slate, come up with a whole concept of what that music video could be and da, 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 and, and scripting mm-hmm. and storyboarding and, and any project, even outside of music videos. I'm that I'm deer in headlights. And we took on those things. Those were areas I procrastinated on. Those were areas I wasn't as confident in. Those were areas I didn't do as well in. Those were areas that um, we would potentially miss deadline. Like, there was a lot of negative around that and trying to pull those types of things off. And then what I realized is that in my career in the video and filmmaking world was that I am best and most aligned and excited and pumped for really basically events things where there's live action things happening in front of me and I just get to run around, get beautiful shots of it and then tell that story. Now the other element added on was I did develop a skill to do, you know, like when we film conferences and workshops and events, they're basically a wedding. It's just different visuals to a degree. But the thing we added on is we would, you know, do interviews and testimonials with people that had, you know, results or just if it was their first event, we, you know, still, what was your experience like that? Now I have, it's a nightmare for me to edit those types of things because for me to hear, for me to go back and listen to an hour and a half of testimonials and figure out how I can find two and a half minutes to put in the video, my brain just does not work that way. It's very hard for me. So other people are great at editing that. I have no problem overall shooting that now, but for a long time, the majority of my wedding career was just music and clips. And I actually got to a point where I had some people help, helping me and they were editing in sound bites. But uh, I had couples who I had the majority of just music video ones. They're like, I don't want any of those sound bites in there. I just want the normal video that you do where it's just kind of clips and music. Maybe there's a little bit of sound element design, but not actually like, let me take a two minute section out of the, the preacher and edit that in or take things from the, the vows and edit. They didn't even want that. My couples did not want it. Um, but I was really great at editing that kind of live action in the moment. I didn't really as a whole have to direct anything. Like you said, I do some like, let me do a 360 and kiss, you know, and little things like that. But in regards to like, all right, everybody go here, go there, do this and, you know, squeeze in and, and all that. Like that just wasn't my thing. Um, even though I'm a people person, like I don't like the directing and, and setting things up. Is that how you're, that's what you're basically saying here? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't like the all eyes on me listening to me. What do I do? Sure. Yeah. So, but, so even like business films, that's probably something where you feel like, ah, it's a little bit more difficult at times to go in and make something with a business because there's a little bit more. Is that, I mean. It is and it isn't. I've, I've had fun on the two promo shoots. Like it was a, one was a printing company. And so they did like shirts and stuff like that. I actually got a whole bunch of really cool shirts and water bottles and hoodies for my company out of it. So I just kind of swapped product sure. for product there. Yeah. And then that video caught the attention of another business in town so I'm just in the midst of editing that one right now and I like I like telling those stories of what they do there because that's what their goal is for that is they want to uh, they want to make their small business more personal they want to tell everybody that they don't they like they have they want to show these possibilities so that everybody doesn't have to drive two hours to Saskatoon to get these things done so I like being able to help them tell that story and my motto with that is kind of I want to help businesses grow businesses in our area like within an hour for me there's three smaller towns i guess that i am really pushing to benefit so i've been i've been trying to reach out to five 
at least for this summer, while I'm trying to build the, the promotional part of it, I've been reaching out to five different businesses a week in each town. Perfect. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, how's that going? That, because the, uh, um, the guy I was talking to before this and I'll describe, but he, you know, he was, I, I identified really quickly an issue he was having because he was just asking them all if they need video. Mm-hmm. No. What is your process for sending out like or connecting with these people? I've been, I've been looking at Facebook's Instagrams. Most of them don't even have Facebook sure. or Instagram. Um, they'll have like even an a, account or they don't have, yeah, anything? Okay. they don't even have an account. Yeah, um, sure. Like the, the town I live just outside of it has maybe 60 people in it. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so and right. like the, the the closest town the biggest town is like five thousand people i think what is so, the biggest town within an hour of where you live yeah five six thousand really so what yeah, to you, get beyond you, that how far do you have to travel i have to go almost two and a half hours to get to mm-hmm. saskatoon which is the biggest town in saskatchewan i'll see how many people are in it Hmm. You know, that's fascinating, man. I mean, so I've been, I've been pushing really, really hard to get my name out there because video. Yeah. Like there's only, well, you're going to be able, I mean, a couple things can happen. I mean, you're go ahead. What were you saying? How many people? 246,000. And that's and the that's, biggest one in the province. And that's over two hours away for you to get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so in total within like an hour, how many thousands of people, you said there's a town with five, but what do you think that would add up to across everything within an hour? With Within an hour, if you put a dot on me and drew the circle, there, there could probably be a hundred thousand. Okay. Perfect. Good. Ooh. That's plenty. That's plenty. I yeah. just, I mean, there's a town that we go to eat at this one place called Brussels and you know, there's like 300 people in the town, but they still, you know, it's like 30, 45 minutes away from me. I mean, there's still towns with 20, like my town I live in is about 26,000 people. There's one close 18,000, but I only have to go about 30, 40 minutes and I'm still in St. Louis, Missouri, which has millions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're saying, if you drove an hour in any direction of where you live, you could end up hitting roughly 60 to 100,000 people on some capacity, then that's good. I mean, if all your towns and you had to literally like, you're like, oh, there's no way I'm more than, you know, 10,000 people unless I go at least two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, there's blessing and a curse there. I mean, you could ultimately uh, like throw an atomic bomb on, on your 10,000 people and yeah, I could all know your name. I could potentially annihilate this whole area. And you can and do that over. anyway. <laughs> I think the only caveat and again there's not a right or wrong here but there's the potential that you will cap in the the about the amount of money you can charge any given client so there's a couple things you're either gonna you're either going to just go for a quantity game and it all is guess depending on how much money you need you just told me at the beginning of the call you only need like 800 bucks a month to live so i mean obviously that's, that's what i could do right now i need a lot more than that I'd be comfortable with that, but right now I need more. You bought some, yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I mean, well, I, I, I get that big time. I mean, my, my, my life, you know, uh, full circle, you know, needs about three to five, depending on what I do in a month. But quite frankly, because of certain circumstances with that in my life, I had gotten to eight to 12, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I needed. Um, and so, see me being at 20 
uh, I think I was at just about two grand a month okay. is what I needed just about, but I've got but, some stuff paid off and I think, I think I'm down around 12, 13. So yeah. 12 I'm or 13,000 in debt. No, 12 or 1300 in bills a month. It turns, yeah. Okay. So no, but I'm still, probably like 45,000 in debt. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is there though, that's why I always harp really big on context because people see people in groups saying I went full time and you know, they're 19, live in their parents' basement, need 500 bucks a month. So if they're making 800, they're like, I quit my job. Like I don't have to work anywhere. I'm doing my own thing. Whereas a guy who's got $8,000 a month in bills with a wife and five kids and a mortgage and da, 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 like they could be making $4,000 a month and they still can't quit their job, you know, potentially. Right. Um, but you That's know what I was five year plan comes in for me. Right. But I think that, um, if you, you just still need a couple thousand, there's still the ability very easily on a lot of levels to get you into that three to 5,000. It's not crazy because the nice thing is, yeah, you might not get tons of people or tons of projects within the radius you're in that are going to pay you more than three to $5,000 for a project. Like you're, I mean, like if I do stuff in my local area and if I didn't want to travel more than 10 minutes and let's say it was wedding specifically, like I'm going to really have a hard time regularly getting more than probably three or four grand. Um, mm-hmm. because there's just every once in a blue moon, the super wealthy come out and they have somebody that's getting married and they'd be willing to pay a lot more, but that's not going to be a sustainable business. It's like right. I told different people, you know, I've, if somebody gave me all this marketing strategy around selling my home, let's just say. And they're like, yeah, that home's totally value. You get a million dollars for that. But they take out of consideration where I live. If I also, yeah, he's smart, great realtor. He sells millions of dollars of properties a year. He knows what things are worth, but he takes out of context where I live. Now I set it up for a million dollars and it never sells ever. Like I just, there was a house going for a million and a half, 10,000 square feet, looks like a castle overlooking the river, was on the market for years and ended up selling for half of that. $600,000. $600,000. And so, and I have a buddy in Dallas, he had to pay 30,000 above asking for his, um, for his house. So that's the thing. You, your videos could be the most excellent videos on earth. But if you stayed within that hour radius of where you live, there's more than likely still going to be a cap on the market value of where you live, of what people will have a threshold of their willingness to spend or even their capacity to spend, mm-hmm. you know, because go ahead. For me here, that's like three to five hundred dollars. Like okay. it, it, like the the first realtor I worked with, I told her I do the first video for free. I would write up her invoice, how it would be, so she could see what she thought if she wanted to do another video. And uh, yeah, it was going to be three forty. And she told me she's like that. That feels pretty steep to me. And so I, I had to explain it. I was like, well, yeah, this is my first video. I said, I feel like I, I, I'm going to improve on, sh- on my speed of shooting the house. So tell me, do you know editing. how much, how is that house selling for that you filmed, you know? Um, I think like 240, 249. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's not super low, but at the same time, you know, the people I'm seeing who are being able to get and even struggle to get, a thousand or fifteen hundred are selling eight hundred thousand and million dollar plus properties, and mm-hmm. so and, and that's of- that's what I'm hoping with this other realtor um, an hour away, which is in it's a place called Humboldt. They've they've got lots of houses that are seven fifty plus, and that's what he told me they would like. And as well as the other brokerage I talked to, they wanna 
they want to use me for their higher end listings. Um, and actually when I had my meeting with them, he told me that they have talked to another guy and he had given them quotes for about a thousand dollars per listing. And so when they asked me and I told them it would be anywhere from three to maybe five fifty on the high end, he said, Oh, right on. I'll <laughs> right on. This is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I've had that happen to me lots like this, this college video, the, the lady I was in contact with, like she gave me, she gave me the, the amount of time and stuff like this. And I'm like, Hey, well, I've never really done this style of video. So I'm kind of like thinking in my head, okay, that much vocal, that much audio or, um, visual that should take me maybe this long to edit so i was okay four to five hundred dollars how does that fit with your budget and she's like okay yeah i think that fits and then she slipped it to me while i was at the shoot that their budget was a grand and i was just like uh yeah that's why i hate my my number first i believe it's important you know we can waste a lot of time if we can't find out anything from a client like because there's Mm -hmm. no reason to have a meeting for an hour, spend an hour putting something together, having no clue what they're willing to spend. Cause you can either, cause a couple things can happen. If their budget's five grand and you come in at $500, like they could literally think something is wrong with you. Like there's some, like something is off. Cause I've seen that with companies where if their budget's 50 to 80 grand and a lot of them are 40, 45, 60, 65, 90, a hundred, they see that as right. And they get, let's say they get six different bids. And then on the sixth bid, there's this guy for $4,900. Like if all of them were within the range, give or take five, 10, 20,000, but you're like 45,000 off what they think. They don't necessarily though go, hell yeah, this guy's great over here. He's only 4,900 bucks. They're, they're thinking something's wrong because they also potentially have to spend that money. Like they have the budget. So spending $50,000 less is not beneficial to them, but that's a whole different caliber. But same thing, even as you get a little lower, they're not always going to be like, well, I got a bunch of bids and, you know, we had about $4,000 budget. There were three, 3,500, 5,500. And then this guy at 350 bucks. Like, why did everybody else have right around that? And his was way off. Um, and that doesn't necessarily, they're not always going to be like, yeah, hell yeah, that's great. See, for you, there was some of that with that, a thousand and you told them what, three, you said 350 or 550? Yeah, I told them lower end houses three. I told them three to five fifty probably. No, what was you just said? There was one you found out that it was a thousand dollars they had. What did you? Oh yeah, they they told me a thousand. I told them four to five hundred. Right, but you found that out after you'd already told them four to five hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so see, that's not that's not that far off, right? You know, going from five hundred and then being willing to spend thousands different than five hundred and then being willing to spend four thousand. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a lot harder to take somebody whose budget's a thousand and getting them to spend 5,000. You might be able to take the thousand dollar budget and get 2,000, maybe 2,500, but it depends on some things and and what you're able to to do for them. But that's, I think what you're going to find, you're going to, there's going to be a range and you got to get in your mind, well, how many people have you really talked to? It's easy. Mm -hmm. I, I hear people like yourself say, and we all do this, where it's like we've talked to five people and we've had this certain circumstance happen. And we have figured that everybody on earth is going to fit into that realm. Like everybody's going to only be able to have this $500 to $2,000 budget and that's it. Um, But uh, it it depends. Now there's other, it's like the light and dark. Yes, there's probably, I mean, there's no doubt going to be caps within your area, um, obviously. I mean, because people, a town of 5,000 people 
is not selling tons of properties on a regular basis. Like that's the right. other part of that problem. Um, it's mm -hmm. not like a place that like they're building homes like crazy and people are coming in in droves and they're just, and those people also, if they're selling the homes like droves in droves, they may not even really want video because they're like, well, I don't even, I don't need to do that much marketing because it's an easy sell. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's variables there. But what I was going to say is with the, the pricing again for you, you know, you know, there's levels of you playing a quantity game, right? Like I have one guy I'm, I'm coaching right now. He's 20. He's killing it, but he's not charging a lot. Like their average project is under $2,500. Um, but he's getting a lot and he's doing a version of what you're doing. He's in a bigger area, but he's, he's just bombing this area and everybody's knowing yeah. him, but he's at a price that's very affordable. It's very affordable. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing and he's telling me, yeah, and on a lot of circumstances, he could be getting five plus thousand dollars, but he's in that like thousand to twenty five hundred. But what he's doing is, is he's he's getting known in that area. He's building his brand. He's building his reputation. And then when you have more supply than you have demand, you have some flexibility then to tweak that pricing because now people got to have you versus like, well, I don't really care if I have him or eight other guys that are available or um, they don't necessarily see the value in doing it in general. There's not a need. So now they're like, eh, don't even want to worry about it. But And that's what I'm sacrificing right now is I, I want to be affordable and I don't want to scare away. Sure. Like, well, because you also want to do the work, right? Like you don't want to not yeah, do the projects. Exactly. And I've, I've had that, I had that happen with a wedding already. And uh, she, she asked me, she asked me about my raw footage. She wanted she wanted to buy the raw footage after, mm -hmm. and so right away I like. Of course, I'd never heard of that. Like, why would anybody want my raw footage? It's all faded, and it's this clip of this person for six seconds, and it's that, and it's like, why? So I went online and like googled it, and then it's a videographer page talking about bridal pages, saying telling brides, oh, buy a raw footage, buy this, buy that, and then like, okay, well maybe this is where she's coming from. And so I think it was like a 14 or 15 gigabyte wedding. Like okay. I'm, I'm only shooting in 1080 still. And uh, so I told her, I said, it'd be like 15 bucks a gig. So it was okay. like three, $400 for all the raw footage. And I told her, like, I, I asked if she knew what it was. Like I told her all the raw footage is like all sorted. So like I tried to put in, um, the value to the sorted raw footage like it's all like you have your reception did you do that you have, for her or you already had done that just because you did it I just do that because I'm an organizing freak sure okay and uh so but I I already put that time in there so if if she wanted to buy it I of course wanted something for it and um she just but that's said, what I'm saying again did you before that ever came up had you already organized that you didn't do it you didn't go through that process because she ended up reaching out about it no, I had it done already. Yeah. So it like, wasn't, yeah, you did it. So there's value that you did it, but you weren't doing it because of her. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then I, I put that price on it and she said, you know what? Thank you. And that's, that's all I heard from her. Right. So here's a couple of things. What did she pay you to do the wedding? Uh, it would have been 800. So you got 800 to do the wedding. Then you were trying to charge her almost $400 to give her a hard drive with footage on it. Yeah, that's pretty, now that you put it all around, it sounds pretty <laughs> When silly. you say it that way, right? It's kind of like, yeah. huh. Like, I just had this with a client, and, and it's all about managing expectations and recognizing certain things. So, um, we had a client where the, the, the pricing overall was around $10,000, and it got a pretty good chunk of edits, actually. Um, 
but then we were filming included in that did include filming the entire event from start to finish didn't include any editing of it only the capturing of it done that three times they didn't we talked about things but they didn't have an urgency to do anything with it yet then they hired this new person i talked to that lady she's like well give us some stuff about what it would cost and you know we're talking about it and for two of the events i gave them kind of the holy grail thing of of you know they were gonna get like four edits each highlights we were gonna have to upload it all which was almost 36 hours of footage i mean it was i think over a terabyte so we were gonna have uploaded our hard drive you know and then um but it was also gonna have to be synced because there was two cameras and audio and it was separate and then um ab cutting through all the stuff so i gave mm-hmm. him kind of the holy grail of it all and it was almost seven thousand dollars and it looks simple like you're thinking this isn't even creative like all you're doing is like this cameras to cut between it how, how complicated could that be? i can't he's like that is almost as much as it is to film an event this is what i got and he was he was very taken aback because we'd done a lot together but i hadn't ever brought this aspect of things up and so he's caught off guard seeing this price and going, wow, this is almost as much as film the event. And I will, if you broke it down, it was actually only 3,500 per event, not the 7,000, which you saw that was doing two of the events. So it was still like seven grand less, but the main number was almost as close. And I'm like, well, and I had to explain the whole thing. And then he ended up, you know, going, okay, great. Well, you know, we'll just pick out what we want then. And you just. Can I pause you for a second, Mike? I'm getting a phone call. Go ahead. Okay, rock and roll. So I was about to say, if that's you actually doing a sales call, you should unmute it so I can listen because I'll oh. give some feedback. <laughs> no, that was my girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, you know, so I had to guide them and then they basically, I mean, it just, it didn't matter if the value, it didn't even matter what I ended up educating. They, they didn't then go, they understood it, but they still didn't value it spending the money. So now I was like, okay, well, let's dumb this down and, you know, we got to get this to a couple thousand bucks. So we'll just pick out, we'll just pick out what we want. And so, but it's all relative. So, you know, someone's thought process in their mind without much conversation and about it, depending on what you say is I paid $800 for the guy to be there all day long, make me this edit, all this stuff. Now he's throwing the footage on a hard drive and he's charging me half as much as he did to do the whole project. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where, I don't know what was said on groups and whatever, I mean, I, some people don't want people out of the raw footage, so they will just do crazy things in pricing and whatever to make it very unattractive and people just go, no. Yeah. Um, or you talk them out of it by saying, no, there's really nothing, like it's, it's yeah, such a no. mess and whatever else. Um, but if you already did all the hard work, I mean, it's one of those things you don't ever know. I mean, you could, there's the like, do you say, oh, well, what do you want? You know, I don't know. I don't usually do hard, you know, hard, uh, I don't usually do raw footage. So what you can potentially do, I mean, ours sometimes on a simple level 
because we're not going to do anything special to it is like we're more or less, you know, charge you a little bit more than what it costs for a hard drive. So normally our stuff sometimes, and again, what I say sometimes, some people listen and go, that's horrible advice, whatever. I got to see what resonates, but I mean, for yeah, us- Everybody's got their opinion. Everybody's got their opinion. For us, I mean, most of the time we just kind of try to talk them out of it. If it's something that they're really pressing, then, you know, I don't really care one way or another personally. Um, and so we usually charge somewhere between 75 to 150 bucks. Um, yeah, that just kind of, you know, a project like that, you could have bought a $30 flash drive, thrown it on there. And, you know, you already I'd had kick myself. I'd kick myself a lot more, but I, I, I had a wedding sitting on hold already, basically. So, oh, what do you mean? What? I, I had, I had a wedding booked already with, or not booked, but I had an inquiry already when this lady came about the raw footage and it was okay. kind of a, which one did I want to do? And this lady wanting the raw footage and that not working out just kind of decided it for me and I ended up doing this other wedding. But that's something I found too, how you said the um, giving, you do the events, you put it on a hard drive and you give it to the guy and he says, hey, what is this? And that's kind of what I found. I, I sat down one day and was like, okay, this is going to be my wedding package. It's going to be one shooter. I'm going to be there for this event to this event. Um, audio. Uh, professional color grading like all this stuff making it like I wanted to make it sound it worth like mm -hmm. give it its worth and then so I, I go and I do my first wedding after I set that package and I'm like okay and, and now I've got my my hourly rates what I figure I can charge to go out and video for an hour and so after building this package and then going and shooting this wedding wedding this weekend I'm like wow I'm out like twelve hundred dollars from going on my hourly editing or my hourly filming. And I'm like, well, how can I, how can I charge $1,800 for a wedding when it's like, you know, my second wedding and it's, that's where I'm at. It's like, I'm, I'm cutting myself under the rug a whole bunch, but I can't charge what I think I can do because it's, I, I won't, I, I feel like there won't be any business for me it's hard again, like you said, everybody has an opinion and there's no right or wrong here. But I think that, I think that too many times people, depending on, there's always so many variables, but you can accelerate processes. But at the same time, when a baby is born, no matter how well you know as the parent, how to walk, how to talk, how to drive a car, how to hit a baseball, it doesn't matter. You are not going to put that baby in the front seat of a car and expect it to drive. You can't do it. And I think too many times we can go into these groups, we can go into things, and we can say, I've shot three weddings. I got $800. How do I charge $4,500 now? How do I charge $3,000? My work is there. My work is solid. You know, I've got great work. This guy's getting $5,000, and my work's better than his, in my, in my opinion, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And again, that's where the whole, like, well, you need, you know, people, you'll see people going, well, you need to charge this and you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to value yourself. The thing is right now, it, you're doing the right thing with just getting the jobs, like getting the work, doing the work, getting your name out there, getting people to know who you are. And the more accelerated you can do that in any capacity, the faster you'll build demand and a reputation to where then the more demand you have than supply it's a lot easier if you had 180 book, you know, uh, leads for weddings and you only wanted to do 20 weddings, it's a lot easier to have, cause you're going to have some dates that are like 
12 people in one day that are interested. Well, so now, how do I, how yeah. do I go from then? I like, I'm doing awesome. I'm booking 30 weddings a year okay. at even a grand. Like, yeah, I bump it up 200 bucks. I'm doing 30 weddings a year at a grand, but uh, oh, where was I going with that? Um, so you're at, saying I do 30 weddings a year at a grand. I'm, I'm okay, in demand, yeah. but, but how now, do I go to 1800? How do I go to 2000? <clears throat> yeah. Like if I, if I do that for two, three years, like all these people know my name, they love my work, all this stuff, but the word of mouth is out there. Like, Oh, he's only a grand. Like this guy does this work only a thousand bucks. He'll be there for 14 hours your whole day. <laughs> like that's I what I it. do. I, I want to be there. I want to cover the whole thing. But when I sit down and look like, okay, 35 bucks an hour to, film and 25 bucks an hour to edit like to be there for 14 hours that's that still gets up there and then it doesn't take me four hours to edit a wedding like right so let me give you a guy that i did a call with once and i was i caught him at around year four year one he did eight weddings at an average of four hundred dollars year two he did 14 weddings at an average of nine hundred dollars Year three, he did 18 weddings at an average of $1,200. Year four, um, at the time of talking to him, he was at 11 weddings and those prices were between $1,600 to $1,800. And I had a talk with him and I don't have the final thing right on this one, but when he had sent me this, he goes, because it was year four, he goes, right now he's at 25 and that right now price from 11 to 25 weddings was between 2000 and 2300. To the best of my knowledge, he ended up booking 36 weddings this year. Um, oh. And I believe they were between 2000 to $2,500. Um, I'd have to dig in more into some things, but one, you can keep incrementally up. But what I take for granted right there, eight weddings at 400. How many have you filmed so far? Uh, that was my second. Two. Two weddings. Yeah. And what did you get for those? Um, I filmed the first, first one, one for, free. for free and this one 800. Okay. So you're already on your second wedding charging what he didn't even get till year two. Right. And so, but you're potentially wanting, and I'm not saying that you can't get to 2000 in year two or year three versus his year four, but mm there's a million variables that go into the fact of you jumping from, you know, basically the baby, you did one for free, you did the second one. And now all of a sudden you're at 4,000. Cause what I find is, and I've seen that even in like full-time filmmaker with Jake said some things, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, this, I was at, I think 4,000 or 4,500 call it 4,500. And this lady's like, I'm only willing to spend four held strong my 4,500. I lost it, but somebody came along and booked me for my 4,500. I'd argue that Jake has far more demand than of course you have right now. So yeah. it's a lot easier to stand strong at a price when you know there's just an abundance of people coming in. But if you get, if you wanted to do 20 weddings this year and you only end up with 20 leads, the likelihood, even if you did them all for free, you'd still only end up getting 12, 15. <laughs> you wouldn't even and see, get that's all. why, that's why I really like your subway guy. Um, uh, kind of analogy. Sure. Yeah. Analogy. Um, I, I want to sit down with my couples and tell them that I want to, I don't, I don't want to, like, I have my base package of kind of where things start, but I want to get to know you and build something for your day. Like I want to, I want to sit down them and talk about money as they tell me what they expect yeah. and like what we can build for them. But I still want to have like that, that 
that hour, like my shooting or my editing rate. Like I want to, I want to say come up with what you think is your foundation. Like I ended up getting to the place when I finally, when I was doing all these different things and I had this like flat rate thing that I ended up kind of going with, it was only after the demand was there, but I also realized I have enough leads. I don't really want to go do a wedding for less than I think at the time I did that was either 2,500 to 3,000. I'm like, I just, I know I'll book it. I have enough, I have enough people inquiring. I don't need to be desperate enough to, you know, just book a wedding for a thousand bucks or $800. But I was incrementally going up. I mean, I had a similar trajectory. Like I didn't just, you know, in fact, interestingly enough, I almost did 20 weddings the first year between five to 800. Then the second year I went to a thousand, two and three. Those were my packages that I had available. I only booked seven weddings that year. And then it kind of took off from that, but that would have been 27 weddings in two years. If we look at this guy's math here as well, he did about 22 in two years. So that's the thing as well that I see with people. I had a guy once where I asked him a question, do you, and I, we didn't actually need to probably be more uh, aware to do this every single time, but it's like the magic wand. I, I, I say, if we could wave a magic wand, you know, and you didn't need to worry from a professional aspect, you didn't need to worry about money. What types of projects would you do? Would you still do weddings? You know, would you go, you know what, I wouldn't shoot if I didn't have to shoot weddings, I never shoot weddings. And again, there's no right or wrong. But it's 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 finding that out. Because my question to him was he did three years of like three, two to three weddings each. And then he was getting like two or three thousand dollars though. But it's like most people were were get, he was turning, you know, turning them away because they didn't have to have him. And he was kind of commoditized by the fact that nobody knew who he was. They didn't have to have him. They find other videographers. They're cold because they're not referrals because nobody really is referring you because you, you haven't done that much. So when you're finding, if somebody goes online and goes, I need a wedding videographer, I'm getting married. And they find five guys, they like their work, all things look equal. And there's no prices. They're going to email them all and they're going to go, how much are you? And are you available? Here's my date. The average mm -hmm. guy's going to go, congratulations, I'm available, and here's my rate. They're going to look, and wherever that number is in their mind, because they might not understand that all videos, $5,000 or whatever, but in their mind, if it's $2,000 they're willing to spend, all the people above two grand, so $2,500, they're not going to contact them. Right. Because if the 1002 and 2500 is available and they're friendly enough people, they'll just book that because there's no difference in their eyes. And that's what was happening to him. Nobody had to have that guy. And when you're not, I don't have to have you and I don't even have to have video. Yeah. And if, you know, and you're shifting because you want to have those conversations. Now that already elevates you for sure. But you're still in a place where they maybe didn't even realize they wanted video and they happen to see your work. Now they're interested, but you, you. And that's, you, that's definitely what's happening here. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So, so I would say right now, don't get so caught up because obviously I'm assuming your job doesn't also conflict as a collective whole with weddings for sure. Cause you probably don't have to do the work overall on Saturdays or do you for which story for weddings with your current job? Uh, well it will. As soon as harvest starts What's I, it every I, day, you got to work. Yeah. About 16, 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like man, I, I'm going to tell you something here real quick. I don't know what, what do you make on? I mean, if you're willing to share, you don't have to, but what do you make on that right now? For, for farming? Yeah. Um, I can clear 65, 70 a okay. year. Okay. That's good. But so, me saving that hasn't happened. Like I, I'm, I, I go out and I like, I'll go out for a week in the mountains and 
snowboard for a week and that like it's not cheap like i, I spend my time i go to hawaii with my girlfriend we do yeah. stuff like i that's I, what I you're saying the money problem I make. Is it's a pro and a con you're living a lifestyle that's 60 to 70 grand even though you're happy with a thousand but you've done things that now require you to maintain that so the fact that you're seeing it and what we're talking about here going to be very difficult on certain levels with your time availability to get your video business to 50 to 80 grand a year because how much of the year do you, to make that money how much of the year are you at 16 hour days um six months like may, year. may may we'll put in 400 hours and then uh well august like come second week of august i i'm i'm done broadly if, like i can't i can't take inquiries i can't take anything like i've agreed that with my boss he's he's allowed me two weddings i have a i have two weddings back to back that are two hours apart so i go to this place called waskasu okay. i'll film a wedding all day um i stay for an hour after the first dance so then i'm gonna hop in my truck drive two hours dump all my cards, charge on my gear. I'm going to film my wedding all day that day. And then I'm going to hop in my truck that night, come home and get up at six to start back on the farm. So that's what we've agreed. He's given me those two weddings just so I can use those for my portfolio. Sure. So that come um, the end of November, I can start pushing Broadleaf again until probably the end of April. So basically the farm needs me from, May, uh, end of April to second week of June. Okay. And second week of August to the last week of November. So, in <laughs> so those more times. Or less, if you haven't been in this for very long, uh, you basically have 98% of your wedding uh, season is not available to be booked. Yes, or family pictures or anything like that. So, what I'm doing is. When I can work on Broadleaf, I'm working my ass off. Sure. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, it's fine. It's all good. Um, yeah. I, I'm like, like I said yesterday, I pumped out 14 hours sure. of just sitting well, you in have my Obviously, the work ethic why you said you got the one if you're working 16 hours a day on the farm and things like that or 400 hours in a month or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My longest shift on the farm straight, I did 37 hours. It was, I'd have a couple of half hour naps and yeah, it was wild. <laughs> Okay. I, I, you know, as I do these, I realize probably should ask questions in different orders sometimes, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, th th there's an issue there. I mean, there's yeah. definitely a definitive issue with, especially just weddings. I mean, you have other things, but I mean, I don't know where you live, but a lot of the United States, you know, I would argue that April through October is the main time of the year to book weddings and you know, mm -hmm. November, December, January, February, like, I mean, weddings happen for sure, but there's yeah, not a lot. You're either hunting for, for your specific winter wedding or summer wedding, but a lot of people, like you say, want that beautiful fall, that yep. foliage, the contrast, like that's why people want so it. it here's the story I was going to tell you is I, um, I worked at a job for, 650 an hour um, from the age of 12 to right about when I graduated high school. And there was other people getting nine something an hour. Now this wasn't great money in the big picture. Um, but I want to be treated more equal to those guys have been there so long. They were coming into college and they were making, you know, nine something an hour and I was still getting six and they were doing the same thing I was doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had made, <coughs> excuse me, 
I'd made 4,000 my junior year in high school. I made 8,000 my senior year in high school with video related things. I thought if I could make 16,000 my first year out, that would be just unbelievable. But what happened was, is when they wouldn't give me this raise, I decided to, um, you know, go more into video. I was going to quit that. I stayed through the summer and in September of 2005, I quit my job and I started helping my mom clean houses. And, um, I, you know, I'd work, I don't know, two to three days a week, roughly. And they would be whole days helping her clean houses. And I did that on May 1st. So I had had that bridal show in January of 2006, where I booked a bunch of weddings. And in the spare days out of the, the two, three, four days, well, really, that's called three days a week helping her. So four days a week, I still had available that I could really do whatever for the most part. I still lived at home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a lot of bills, but basically... What I quickly realized, I opened on May 1st, 2006, officially, a place that I rented and everything. But it was only like four or 500 bucks but I had a month. But I had enough little cash flow coming in to, to get this thing going. I don't think it was two or three months into the summer that I was helping my mom and I realized, <clears throat> this is crazy. Like, I love her. This is helping me make money that's sustainable because she had enough houses and she was cleaning every week. So it was, it was it was more guaranteed than any video production work that I was doing per se. The problem Mm was, you know, let's say the whole month I make, I don't even know. I I can't fully remember, but maybe 700 to a thousand helping my mom three days a week, the whole month, maybe that much. Mm -hmm. And I started to get some projects and even the weddings. When I looked at it, I'm like, I'm getting five to 700 bucks for a day. I'm helping my mom 12 to 16 days in the whole month. I'm not even making that. These are full days. So like, what would it look like if I stopped helping her and I went all in on this video thing? Now, obviously my age, a lot of things made that way different, but there's that level right now where there's a crippling factor where you're trying to fit in, squeeze in between the holes of opportunity that you have whilst on the the flip side of it, you know, it's going to be very difficult to find major momentum, like let's say in the wedding specific industry, because you just, you don't have normal. Now you might be able to push your, your rear end to, to book the most oddball weddings on, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, the off season and all that. I'm not saying that's impossible. Um, but where your pricing's coming in, it's like, if this coming year, how many more do you have booked? You said, uh, I have four more this year. All right, so in, in, in three a, more three more of mine and one more I'm helping somebody else. Okay. So in in in, in and that'd be by December thirty first? Yes. And then I've got I've had two inquiries for next year. Okay. But so there's there's the issue we can run into. I don't believe someone who says, I've been doing this for say twenty years, but they shot three weddings a year for twenty years. That's sixty weddings. A guy can have more experience in two years than a guy in 20 years just by the sheer fact that they did 30 weddings each year. Um, Mm. And so if you only shoot three to five weddings a year, you're not getting out there that much, especially if you don't even do like same day edits and depending on what you do when you put it online and how much shares it gets. And if your availability is not there, it's like in the lead flow, it's going to be hard. Yeah, I, I I commend you for your five years. I don't know how much you like, like the farm stuff. Um, but uh, well, that's, that's the thing. I, I never really thought of this as a possibility until, or, or like being something to sustain myself on yeah. in, in like, it's been, I've had my, 
certificate of registration for two years, but okay. I've only really gone out and like pushed this in really this last since October. So since yeah. October is when I've been like, I'm, I'm yeah, so not doing even this. A year. And, it, and, and you're so making, you're making strides for sure. For sure. Yeah. And so that's why, like, I've, I've told my boss, like I, like I've got, like, I'm working on this to get off the farm. Sure. So like he, he's, he's an awesome, awesome boss. He's more of a friend than a boss, Sure. but uh, he, he's all for it. And he's, he just, he makes sure that he knows if, if like the farm needs me, I got to be there. So I, I had an inquiry this morning about a wedding for August 10th. And so I texted him. I said, "Hey, you think August tenth is too late for a wedding?" He said, uh, "That'll be pushing it, but you can do that one." Okay. So yeah, it, it's. So my plan is right now. I'm I'm going to do as much as I can for broadleaf. I'm going to save that money. Then come harvest, I'm going to go. I'm going to work, 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 and I'm actually going to save now. I'm, I'm I got in with. Uh, an investor guy. So we're, we're being smart with my money. I'm going to save that. I'm going to pay off my truck. I'm going to pay off that. And, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping I'm moving West. Um, I want to be in BC. I want to okay. build up there. So I just, I want to kind of carry a name with me there. Um, I know it's tough. Like you build up to try and be nice and big here in a small little area and then you move right away. But, but that's, here's what that's, can transfer with you, Tristan. What can transfer with you, maybe it will be slightly less the actual reputation you have in that area, but rather the experience and confidence and the, 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 all the things you're going to learn. So I would treat mm -hmm. what you're doing now as more of a learning experience so that when you're in BC, you can go to these, these contacts that you start meeting and you're able to speak to them in this more confident mm -hmm. manner and this ability to go from my experience and those things because you've done these you know, experimental things in the podunk middle of nowhere and yeah. you're making magic happen there. And it's like, you can make things happen for these people. You can make things happen for these other people. But I, I, I think that, you know, I'm doing math here on things you say, and now all this stuff's adding up and like, you, you'd be willing to live off of eight. You really need around two, two times 12 is 24. Like there's a lot of money you're spending in other areas. Cause even outside of that 10 grand that you have for the, what you've done with video, you obviously are taking the, the nice trips and these things. And so it's always, everything, everything requires some level of sacrifice and some of us yeah. aren't willing to sacrifice certain things. Right. And, and it's, and, it's crazy how things come full circle. Like yeah. it, it's unreal because now that I've got older, like going through grade 10, 11, 12, I just wanted to finish school. I did what <laughs> I, I needed, what mean, man. did what I needed to graduate, had no idea what I wanted to do. I, Actually, I know what I wanted to do. I wanted to move BC and I wanted to snowboard for a living. I wanted to be Mark McMorris. I wanted to be Sean White, I guess, for you guys. Okay. Sure, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. And it, it, it's expensive. We didn't have the money for that. I've been working since I was 12. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I know how to work. But obviously, you, you can't just, well, sorry, I can't. I shouldn't say you can't. But for me, in my eyes, I didn't have enough of a jump off the cliff, build my wings on the way down to just move out to BC and do it. And uh, so that's why I'm still here. But I've been doing awesome here. And that's what my goal is. Like, I'm, I'm going to save, I'm going to pay off my stuff, I'm going to get to where I only need that $800 a month or whatever I can find to live out there. Like, uh, that's, that's what my goal is now. 70 though, man, if you can make 70, I mean, you, you, you literally more than likely short of backing off on a few things, you could pay that debt off in two years, right? Or less. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And then from and there, then I want 
want to build up the safety net. Like I want, I want probably 15 grand before I move. Cause like, sure, that's great. I, that's, I, guess, I like to feel safe in a sense, but I can also, I can also jump off the cliff. Like I like bungee jumping is one of my favorite things. Yeah, to man. Do I, mean, <laughs> you, you, I don't know where that's, I mean, again, look, and we haven't, I don't bring it up too much, but the assessment thing, you're, you're most definitely a jump out of the plane, build your wings on the way down, but you came from a probably safe, steady, I don't know your parents' environment and things. They yeah, maybe that's my mom. <laughs> yeah, she always told me I'm a fly by the seat of the pants and yes. she doesn't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah, we all, there's definitely, you're adapting right now to a little bit more need for some safety, but at the same time, I think, you know, you, you can knock out your debt, um, do it as quick as humanly possible, um, but then from there, like with your work ethic and your determination, like I'm thinking of this 20 year old right now and I'm just thinking and what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, get out of the debt and you know, um, get, it's twofold though. I, cause it's kind of, there's this blend man, because I I'm hearing you need like, it won't allow you to pay the debt off fast, but you need like 20 to $30,000 a year to kind of maintain that won't get you the safety net and out of the debt quickly. But it, depending on where you move, now there's bigger capital opportunities and things. I mean, it's just a fascinating thing because you, you, you use this next, you know, 12 months of all the experimentation and learning and, and knock out as much as you can. But I got the faith in what you're saying, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, everything else. You're a bulldozer, man. I mean, if you're putting four freaking hundred hours into a month at the farm, if, those, if, you, if you had an ounce of the discline to put that into your video production with that available time – yeah game it's over funny. game over <laughs> we game i over. i say that to myself from the tractor now like could i imagine if i worked this hard for myself as i do for game over else? that was me with my mom i'm like if i took this extra call them 10 hour days 30 you know 120 just 120 hours for the whole month for me if i took that put that into my video company what would happen and the reality is i didn't go to college i never wanted to go to college i never wanted to have to go to college and i said give my parents just give me one year yeah. To try this thing out and you know I had that work ethic that you had and I mean I never had to turn back I mean once I quit helping my mom I lost some of that safety net but it blew up and I've had that happen yeah. a few times in my life and so yeah man. And it's funny because that's what's happened this summer sitting in the tractor count, counting down like May 28th May 29th like oh we got 400 acres done okay baby we're done <laughs> I was like golf courses, realty agents, businesses. I was going in and having, I walked into RJ's cafe in Melford and just went to have dinner. I had my broadleaf shirt on because I just finished a shoot and I had worked um, landscaping for this lady when I was 16. I did her yard and I just made sure to be like friendly and say thank you. And she just remembered that I was like friendly. And so we just started chatting and she asked me about my business and she's seen a couple of things and asked what I would do. Mm. And uh, so I showed her like, I'm, I'm doing a sh shoot with this company just down the road. And like, if you want uh, want me to come in, we can do like a uh, uh, meet the team style promotion for, for you guys. Cause they're only a year and a half old. So they're a fairly new business. And yeah, it's just getting out there. Like you always say, like you network, 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 and you, you can never get told yes. If you don't ask, like, like I said, I ask five different businesses a week. I I've been driving 45 minutes to a golf course to film them to make a free promo for their men's and women's nights and their fall um, tournament so that the other golf courses in the area see that. And Oh, you've got it, yeah. man. Here's the thing I want you to think about. You really need to do your best to keep track of though, how many things you lose during the couple months each time you roll around here where you almost can't do anything. 
because mm-hmm. that's going to be a trigger for you. Because if you, let's say there's eight weddings you could have booked in the time frame where the guy's like, I, I, I love you, buddy. And I know you're a brother, but nope, there is no way in heck you're doing that wedding because blah, 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 blah. You got to keep track of that because that's opportunity cost. You know, basically take everything and call it everything you, you can't book because of, you could have booked it, but there's no way to book it because of your job. And you just call them all a thousand bucks. And every time you have inquiries and you have opportunities that you cannot do no matter what, just say, that's a thousand bucks I lost. That's a thousand bucks I lost. And in this next mm-hmm. 12 months, see how many thousands of dollars you put, because in, in this, like you're going to do more work in 90 days for hustling and making opportunities and planting seeds than most will do in a year. The yeah. thing is, is things are going to blossom at random and different times. And so during right. the time that you're not hustling it as much, there will be things that pop. There will be things that happen. And then you're going to have to say potentially no to them. Now, some things will be able to, to wait, but there's levels of lacking professionalism and you're losing jobs potentially if you're like, it's going to be 90 days before I can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially when somebody's ready and they now have a sense of urgency to do the work. That's for non-weddings. But then weddings, of course, like I said, if there's dates, because right. that's my thing. With your work ethic, I mean, I would just hunt down every, I mean, for one 12-month period of time, I'd hunt down every wedding that there is happening and, and find myself on Saturdays at them. Because mm-hmm. if you could go even for free and you filmed 15 weddings, like that'll create, because that's where you got to remove, I look at that as marketing. That's better than spending money on advertising, bridal shows or anything else, showing up, rocking out a highlight video for somebody, getting it online. Mm-hmm. If you have the ability, yeah, which I get yeah, to right. do a same <laughs> yeah. edit, like, oh my God, you know, you have a couple hundred people at a wedding, they see the work, like, man, magic would happen for you. Versus if you do three weddings or five weddings in the whole year and you throw yeah, them like online. I'm, I'm getting to that age where all my friends are getting married. So yeah, that makes sense. Go to ask them like, Hey, you guys are married in two weeks. You mind if I come just do a little blip of your day? Like, yeah, that's advertisement. That's, that's me putting stuff It's better out. than not doing anything and it's going to help yeah. grow your business, you know? And yeah, I, exactly. I just think that, yeah, it's interesting, man. We're going to wrap this up here in a second, but, um, Man, it's just, it's so funny because these things fly by for me and then I'm like, oh, I want to go for more time. It's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, man, I mean, you got a phenomenal work ethic that honestly a lot lack and that's what also hurts a lot of people. But you know, there's, there's that element, I, like I said, I appreciate the five years and I appreciate the debt free and building a little bit of a thing. Um just have to play with some things because I, I, I believe in my heart with the drive you have. Right. I mean, there's no reason that you couldn't make that happen in two and a half to three years, like half the time. I give yourself giving, but the problem is, is because, <laughs> you know, it'd be different if you loved it. I would never tell somebody like, if you're like, man, I love that. Yeah, it's really hard for me. I don't want to not be at the farm. Like, I love the farm. Like, if that was a thing, that'd be different. But mm-hmm. um you're you're doing it right now because it seems like a necessity but there's a level of like i just you know there's that there's that chance that if i jumped off the cliff right now i'd be 100 percent fine right but yeah (laughs) if i can but what i was gonna say is you'll give the time allotted to make something happen though so if you're given three hours to put an edit together and you got to show it in three hours you more than likely, especially the way you're wired, you'll get that edit done in three hours. But if now all of a sudden mm-hmm. the edit, they're like, ah, oh, we don't need this for six months. But this other person comes along and they need it in three weeks. You're going to keep putting off the six month one because you know they don't really need it. 
for six months. So you're going to do all the ones that are necessary and you'll take the allotted time that you've been given to do that. So if you've given yourself five years on certain mm -hmm. levels, there's brain psychology things that'll happen that you'll take five years to do that thing. Yeah. But if you yeah. got fired tomorrow from that guy, by God, you better believe you'd be spending all those 400 <laughs> hours making things happen. Right. That's yeah. the, yeah. that's the nuance. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so five, five year plan, but we'll, we'll make it in three. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Keep saying the three because the three is more likely to happen if you talk more about the three. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, man, it's, it's cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap that up here. Do you have any other final things you'd like that are sitting on your chest though right now that you want to, uh, you didn't get to ask or? No, man, I just, I just feel fired up to keep on going. Like I, like, like you said, work ethic is one thing, but uh, as I've listened to you, clarity is another. So that's something I've been super excited to get to get started with. Yeah, well, because if you're running, if, what I always screw this up. You might know it better. Where, where's the sunrise? What, what direction? East. East. So if you're running west looking for a sunrise, you're going to be running for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem is sometimes when we're unclear, it's not that we're doing the wrong thing. Uh, we're just – or not that the work ethic is not like we're working hard, but it's mm -hmm. like I can take a butter knife and try to cut down a tree – and I could be working real hard on that. And you know stuff from the farm. Like there's things you could do. Like you guys could, you know, whatever, till the land with like a little push thing instead of a yeah. tractor. And it would get the job done, right? But you know that there's a tractor. And that's my whole light and dark. Like mm -hmm. when we start to create contrast and we, try, we start to see the opportunity. That's what you're doing for your clients. Right. They don't know anything. And so if you don't tell them anything, they only know what they know. And it might be a cheesy car commercial, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the thing they know. And that's the thing that they expect in their mind. And until you show them otherwise, or you talked about them otherwise, they don't know. And for right. you and anybody else, if you, if you think you're going one direction, it's like the, I think it's Alice in Wonderland. It's like, you know, if you don't know what path, you don't know where your destination is, then any path will, you know, work. Yeah. So that's the problem. If we don't have a clue where we're going, then we can be moving all the time, working really hard. And it's not really making a big difference. Yeah. You got um, a sense of direction. Yeah. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click get coached on the podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care.